Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to Your Week with St. Luke's. We are glad to be with you all and hope you've had a wonderful holiday season and are ready to begin a new year together. So we are starting a new sermon series. um, And the first part of it is in January and it's called 23andMe. I was made for this. And so we're going to be talking a little bit today about what it means to move into a new year and to have a new vision for a new you, but with the same DNA of how God made you. Um, So we're glad you're listening today. We're going to start off actually talking about our scripture for this week um, is from the book of Ecclesiastes, a good wisdom book. So Jeremy, tell us what you know. Well, as you said, Jen, uh, Ecclesiastes is wisdom literature within scripture. It's kind of coupled in in the Old Testament with the Psalms and uh, and Job, uh, which each kind of represent a different kind of wisdom, right? So uh, the Psalms will be what we would call traditional wisdom. It's A plus B equals C. It's if you save your money, when there's famine, you will be fine. Or if you, you know what I'm saying, you store up your storehouses, when there's no food, you'll be fine. Um, Ecclesiastes is the antithesis to that. It is, you can save up your money, but then moths can right. come or a bear can come and eat all your money. Like a little, <laughs> I think a bear coming in your money uh, is maybe a bad example, but you hear what I'm saying. It's whereas traditional wisdom is A plus B equals C. Ecclesiastes represents what's called skeptical wisdom. So it's A plus B equals X or Y or P. Uh, Anything could happen. And the way that you prepare for life doesn't necessarily speak to the outcome. Um, A common metaphor and imagery we see in Ecclesiastes is smoke. That life is like smoke. Life is like a vapor. It passes by and you can't quite grab onto it. You can't quite get an understanding of it. And so it, it's quite the emo uh, section in scripture. It's very emotional. Right? It's, very, it's very dark. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, somebody, I, I was. we were talking earlier about how someone said that the different books of wisdom literature could be compared to different kinds of teachers where the Psalms can be looked at as a kindergarten teacher with wooden jewelry who sings songs with uh, their acoustic guitar. Uh, Ecclesiastes <laughs> is the grizzled old college professor who's, who tells you you don't know anything about life. It's like, I'll tell you about life. Life <laughs> is with, <weird. laughs> you know what I'm saying? It starts talking about alimony and all that. All right. <laughs> So that's a little dark, but there is a point <laughs> yeah, because, because we're actually looking at Ecclesiastes 3, which is a lectionary text for this week. Right. And it's that one that was, you know, the familiar song, the birds, uh, for everything, yep. turn, turn, turn. And right. the wisdom writer is saying there is a season for everything and there isn't anything new under the sun. Everything's going to happen. He doesn't right. say that. That's a, yeah. I think Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> um, it's that idea, you know, for everything, there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven, for giving birth and dying, for planting and for uprooting what was planted, killing and healing, tearing down a time for building up. And the idea is to think through, like, what, what, what time of season is it for you? And what is this, what are the seasons that may not only come to you this year, but how will you be ready for them? And how will you have kind of a, a new commitment to a new vision for your life? And so we're going to be asking questions over the next few weeks about, you know, who, how were you made? What is your DNA? 23 and me, obviously, right? And knowing that no, no brand sponsorship for us there, right? No brand sponsorship. 
and we're not, not asking yet. you to not get yet. any tests. Not yet. Right. Unless <laughs> I know somebody's I listening. Picked up. Um, but this idea that yeah, everything does happen to us, but how do we prepare ourselves for it? And how has God prepared us for it? And and how will we covenant with God? Because this is when we do Wesleyan's covenant renewal service is this first mm-hmm. week. How will we covenant to God to really dig in and be centered and grounded in a vision for who we are and what our life can be and how we can make a difference even when the seasons come and go, even when the grizzled old professor says, but you know, life is going to happen and it's going to be hard kind of thing. And so let me ask you all, what has been your re- experience with John Wesley's covenant renewal service, which was a really big deal in its time. It was done every new year's. It's a commitment. If you go through the whole covenant service, it is about confession and repentance and examination. But what about you? What does that covenant renewal service mean to you each year we do it? Uh, Yeah. I mean, like the, so as you say, the service is so much more intense right? There's lots of self-examination and reflection. Um, and, I know, and I like the framing that we're doing with it. It makes me think of how Leslie Weatherhead begins uh, his book, The Will of God, which is really just four or five sermons. But in the first one, he says, the time to set the anchor is not when the storm is upon us, mm-hmm. right? And that, that we need to situate ourselves theologically, spiritually, emotionally. And so uh, I, I, I like how we're framing that as we begin this year. Um, and, I, and I really hope that in doing the service with that framework and doing the covenant prayer will become that anchor because that's how it has been for me to get to your answer. Um, it's to slowly say that prayer, to really let each piece of it set in. Uh, whereas before for me, it was just, oh, it's this thing we're doing at my dad's church, right? Um, but to really let it set in and be that that Kohelet anchor, that, that Ecclesiastes anchor, um, because there will be storms ahead. Um, so that's what, that's what it is for me. And our framing for it is it really hits to my faith journey or stumbling. (laughs) I'm always so thankful for it just in the way that, you know, you know, our faith has the personal and communal component you need renewal in both of those aspects. Mm-hmm. You need personal renewal and we need renewal as community. Um, on the personal side of thing, it is it is a realignment with our calling and understanding of, of faith and who we're called to be. And as a community, I mean, it's the same thing, but also for me, uh, in the midst of confession, in the midst of reflection, it makes me look around and say, hmm, how have I not been loved here? Um, and how can I be loved moving forward? You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm just always thankful for it in that way that I get to. And, and, and it is just it is a privilege to get to reset. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm thankful for it always specifically with the um, with the with the covenant prayer. Just always th- thankful to Wesley for having thought of of, of the people called Methodists needing that. Uh, and, and it's perfectly centered at at, at the uh, at the beginning of the new year, you know, or at the, or at the end of the year. You know what I'm trying to say. But yeah. I think too, in in thinking about all of the different dynamics that you're both talking about, the particularly that that personal and communal connection, um, 
you know, I didn't necessarily, I grew up in a Methodist churches, but I don't know that we ever did covenant renewal services every year. So this has been something that I've been aware of, but hasn't been part of um, my practice growing up necessarily. But I, I think it, it, it honors, it honors that drive in all of us for new year's resolutions. Like we, we need, we need something outside of us to mark the new start of something, um, whether that's a new year or a new season or whatever it might be, because it, it's hard for us to get the motivation to, to, to better ourselves sometimes. So, so I think about this in, in tandem with our drive as, as people and as communities to, to do that new year's resolution thing. And I think so many of us have probably also given up on new year's resolutions because you know that's just a folly that a lot of us try to do right you start the diet or or whatever it might be but what this practice and the the theological grounding of it and the liturgical grounding of it it brings it brings that drive that we have that thing that we know we need something to help us mark a new journey alongside our faith to be able to say I want to, I want to do this. I want to better myself, but I also want to better the world. Um, and you can make that covenant for yourself, but because we do it as a, as a service in the same way, you want to, you know, get that person who's going to be on the same diet as you or be in the running group with you or whatever it might be. You have that yeah. built in community that you, you are going to be able to make these commitments um, and reset yourself in the way that you're living out your faith, but you know that you're not alone in that. So I think that's really powerful. I think it's interesting too, because I mean, what we're going to be talking about is like who, you know, really it's, it's the question of, as I begin a new year, who holds the vision for my life? Mm-hmm. You know, cause so many of our resolutions are about, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want this to happen and I want that to happen. And so we're going to discipline ourselves to make it, but but praying the Wesleyan prayer of mm. covenant renewal is a, is a flip of that. And it's about, it's, it's God, you have the vision for my mm. life, yes. you know, and it's going to be whatever, whatever you lead me to, whatever you want. I mean, it's, I am no longer that my own, but thine. I mean, just right. the first sentence, I am no longer my own, but thine put me to what thou wilt rank me with whom thou wilt put me to mm-hmm. doing, put me to suffering. And it reads somewhat like Ecclesiastes, but it's a flip of that. This is the random to everything. There is a season. And John Wesley says there is everything a season. And it is, it is put me with you, you, you decide God, your will right. be done, you know, which is not a, I have a plan for you and it's got to be this way. It's more of I'm surrendering to recognize that you and I are walking through the world and I'm asking your heart to lead me. I'm asking your heart to be my guide. I'm asking your thoughts to be my thoughts, Right. Um, which is, it's a dangerous prayer. That's yeah. That's what I was just thinking. Like that's also really dangerous and scary um, to give our will two gods. Right. I, I've had conversations with St. Lucas who, who know this prayer because we have used it um, and who go, I'm not sure I can say it today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite responses is, you know, if you say that prayer and you don't like wince a little bit, you're, I don't think you're really saying the prayer. <laughs> right. Um, I, I think there's always got to be a little, Ooh, put me to what you will. Ooh, that's, that's letting go of control. That's, right. that's, you know, giving over of myself, even to God. I mean, obviously right. 
intellectually, we want to, to be within God's will and to, to, to let God, you know, use us as God would like, but we read scripture and, um, that doesn't always, um, that's not right. a pleasant experience <laughs> yeah, yeah. to do so. Um, we've yeah. just come through a season where we celebrate a woman who became pre- pregnant out of wedlock and had to deal with the societal and cultural implications of that. Like that was doing God's will. Um, not super excited about the the repercussions of doing God's will all the time. Mm-hmm. And yet <laughs> we know that that there is something powerful and there is a desire in us to to be to be in that that space. So right. I mean, yeah. and the whole to me, the the most difficult thing about our faith is the idea that we have to not only do no harm, but love our enemies. So you think about that being one of the most difficult things about Christianity. And then you pray, rank me with whom you will. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you Mm -hmm. pray, put me in whosoever company you believe that is, you know what I mean? That you will call me to. I mean, the prayer literally says, put me to suffering. Right, right, right. We're we're not cutting, we're not, we're right. absolutely not, you know, cutting any slack here. It is really let me, seriously. Let me be empty. Oh, no, thank right. you. <laughs> well, and then it says, I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. Ooh. And disposal. <laughs> so set aside for thee, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? I'm sorry. Can we name some of those things that might be? That, that that might be used for God's disposal. <laughs> we name some of those things. Or let me. What are we talking about specifically here, Wesley? It's what God wants to get rid of in our life. Right. Right. It's the stuff I yield all things to you. And so if you want to get rid of stuff in my life, go for it. Well, it's, and, it's and for your your disposal, you get to choose. And it's giving God permission to to move us on. Like we right. we can find mm-hmm. things that we love and are called right. to, and God has placed us in a place. And it is also saying God doesn't let us stay in that place either. And so it's those times where you have fallen in love with a ministry or a volunteer position or whatever it might be. A and job, a place to live, our right. community. Yeah. Yep. It's time, it's time to go. And, and that's not necessarily that that's, that's that disposal too, I think. Um, right. I was thinking in that vein, kind of like a location. They'd be like, Oh, I love living in Atlanta. Well, here's a church in Orlando. <laughs> 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 that you feel called to, right. Okay. I mean, any, anything like that, you know? And yet, God doesn't, uh, and and here's the vision part of it. So this is what's interesting, the DNA. That's why I like that we're pulling this DNA thing, because mm-hmm. I think sometimes when those things happen for everything, there is a season, a time to plant, a time to root up, you know, like we feel like, well, Orlando is such a shift or that move, that job is so foreign to me. We think God's going to do something that's wholly other than us. And yet when we, when we step out in faith and we trust God's vision, what we find is, oh, God's been preparing me for this all along. I just didn't understand it. I didn't know it. And yet it's also not in my wheelhouse that I can trust myself with it. I have to trust God 
you know, that's what the, the greatest, I've said it before, the greatest advice Francis Jennings ever gave me when I was trying to decide if I should move to St. Luke's or not is where, where will you have to trust God most and Mm. everything in my life, God had been preparing me to come here for this moment, but I didn't know it and I didn't know how to do it. And so I had to trust God. And I think that's the thing. The DNA is in us. God Mm -hmm. like creates us in ways and, and, and walks us through the good, the bad, the ugly in ways that prepares us with seedlings of what may be next in our life, but we've got to trust it. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's all. Little. Welcome to the new year, folks. <laughs> you thought we'd ease up on you, but we're not. <laughs> Welcome but, to, and that's, I think that's the beauty of it. Cause what we're moving to and what we'll talk about next week is, is this 23 and me is going to actually lead to the February, which is 23 and we, and what is the vision for my life and Melissa's life or Jad's life or Jeremy's life or, you know, Bill's life or Sue's life. When we put it all together, God is also saying it's, it's the vision for the St. Luke's life. Right. Like each of the trajectories we're each on are going to be very, very different. But God is going to somehow shape and form us in a way, putting together the body of Christ in such a way that collectively our individual visions will lead to St. Luke's larger vision for who we are as a church in our community. So we hope you'll join us. We're going to be asking some tough questions over the next few weeks um, to get you thinking and get you ready. But we hope you'll prepare your heart by reading that Wesleyan Covenant Renewal Prayer, because we're going to be doing that this Sunday coming up. I'm no longer my own, but thine put me to what thou wilt rank me with whom thou wilt. And it goes on and on. And we pray that you'll come ready to do that. And so thanks for being with us. We hope you have a great New Year's and we'll see you Sunday as we begin 2023 together.